You are now listening to the Take Chances podcast, the number one business podcast for young people looking to learn about tech, culture, and people. On episode five of the Take Chances podcast, we interview Shadeha Warner. Shadeha is a entrepreneur and a physical trainer, and we discuss the Fitness 3K movement. Let's get into the interview. Take Chances. All right, welcome in. This is episode five of the Take Chances podcast. I'm your host, Chance Mack, and I am so excited to talk to you all today. Here on the Take Chances podcast, we talk about three things, tech, culture, and people, right? And our goal is to be the number one business podcast for young people. So with that being said, you know, we like to start with the quote of the day. So I'm going to start with a quote from Sigmund Freud. Now, this is a throwback quote, but I think it's so powerful, and I think it sets the foundation for this conversation. So the quote of the day is, the voice of the intellect is a soft one, but it does not rest until it has gained a hearing. I'm going to say it one more time. The voice of the intellect is a soft one, but it does not rest until it has gained a hearing. I think that's powerful. I think that's really powerful. And uh, with that being said, let me introduce my guest. I'm so excited to bring to you all Shadeha Warner. Did I say it correctly? Shadeha. Shadeha, Shadeha. And um, man, where do I start? This guy is a, a all-around renaissance man. He's a um, he's a fitness trainer, also an author. You know, tell us who Shadeha Warner is. Well, I am a uh, strength coach hmm. and own Fitness 3K, a company which I've owned for almost 13 years now. Hmm. So, but my um, my mission in life is sort of to help people with achieving their goals through accountability, knowledge, and just overall just try to uh, empower, you know, clients that I work with. So that's kind of the goal and that's kind of who I am. And that's kind of, uh, you know, my path that I've kind of chosen. It's just to kind of working with people and helping them, you know, be better versions of themselves. So, mm. so let's get into that. Um, tell me about your upbringing. Like, where'd you grow up? And then how'd you, how, when did you develop this skill of seeing that you could be the, the beacon in someone else and helping them find themselves and elevate themselves? Well, I grew up, um, my uh, formative years, I, I was born in Bryant, Texas. Okay. And then we moved, my dad was actually a professor at Texas A&M. And then we moved uh, when I was five to um, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And so, um, you know, he worked at Emory University and at a young age, I got really involved with sports mm-hmm. and something that I was really uh, very passionate about. And I love that teamwork, that, that, that camaraderie. It's just something that was, uh, like I said, something I was very passionate about. What sports that, did you play? I played uh, baseball, football, okay. and I ran track as well. Okay. All right. And so I actually, um, and one of the things I did was I ended up, and this is kind of down the line. I worked with a strength coach when I was in college. And that's kind of how I got that early passion as well for being in the fitness industry. And even you remember when we were in school, we were younger, we had to do those pull-ups, the push-ups and stuff yep. like that. Yeah. People dreaded going to uh, the PE. I always look forward. I embrace, I mean, I always wanted to go to PE. I always wanted to uh, work out and do stuff like that. I just, I just loved it, you know, Yeah. at yeah. a very young age where some people, like I said, in my class dreaded going, I was like, man, I always look forward to it or recess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Recess was my favorite class, our favorite time too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So, so you said you grew up, but where'd you grow up? So I know you said you, you moved from Bryan, Texas to Atlanta. And, and then I grew up in Louisiana. So I went to high school in Louisiana, but we spent a large part of time in Atlanta, but I went to high school in Louisiana and I ended up going to college in Louisiana as well. Okay. Where'd you go to so, school? I went to uh, Grambling State University. That's where I graduated from. Absolutely. That's HBCU. Yes, yep. sir. Yes, sir. What about so, yourself? So I went to Georgia State. I went to Georgia oh. State. So I'm, I'm from Atlanta. Um, yeah, I would say so. Uh, I grew up in a military family, but so we moved around a lot. But for the most part, I was raised here. So okay. Atlanta is home, right? Nice. Um, so you went to Grambling State, and that's where you kind of found the love for fitness and strength training. Um, tell me a little bit more about your college experience and then kind of, you know, that next step into your launching your career? Well, in college, you know, I play sports. I uh, worked with a strength coach. I kind of was like a sponge. I wanted to absorb as much knowledge as I could and continue to build off of there. You know, obviously went into the Greek life. I mean, I kind of had that full college experience. And then after college, I came back and went back home and I worked with AmeriCorps. Okay. You know, which is like a domestic peace corps. Mm -hmm. So that kind of is, you know, it's funny, even though that's not really in fitness, it's kind of an extension of what I'm doing right now because I was working with people and I was helping people. And so it kind of provided me that um, it kind of kept me level-headed and provided that groundwork to launch, you know, because I worked with a lot of different nonprofit organizations, mm -hmm. okay. which was great. Worked with uh, literacy programs. And one of the things we did was help people with getting their GED and stuff like that. So it kind of gave me that, it kind of uh, gave me that full balance of, of working, okay, because now I, I own a, you know, my personal training business, but working in nonprofit kind of gave me that footwork and kind of helped me with uh, sort of getting my feet wet and just learning different things and learning about different people, different individuals. So, yeah. so, so, you know, you have to shout out your fraternity and you just uh, five, that. Yeah, yeah, Phi Beta Sigma. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. I know they're yeah. going to be listening and tuning in. So, you know, got to, got to show them some, some respect, right? Definitely. Okay. So um, you talked a little bit about just kind of that well-rounded experience of working with AmeriCorps and uh, that kind of being your launch into our, you're discovering your passion, right? You're discovering your passion during this time. Tell me about that next step in your career. Like, did you go straight into personal training or like, you know, well, well, tell me about your journey up to, yeah. yeah. Let me back up a little bit. I never took, you know, I wanted to talk to you also about, you know, kind of developing at a young age. I had to kind of my parents provided sort of that work ethic. Okay. You know, when I was really young, you know, um, one of the things uh, I kind of mentioned um, in the, my book mm -hmm. is, uh, remember when we were younger when uh, Jordans, you know, I mean, it, it's different. It's they're still very popular now, but when we were younger, I mean, it was a different level, yeah. you know, Jordan, the starter jackets and stuff like that. <laughs> well, I remember, you know, being in the store um, and I told my dad, I said, hey, dad, I, I want these new pair of Jordans. You know, can you get them for me? And of course he was like, oh yeah, 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 I'll get them for you. But he didn't know the price of them. So we go inside Foot Locker and he sees that $99.99. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was like, I refuse to pay $100 for a pair of tennis shoes. And, you know, so he was really upset. And, and I remember the sales guy there said, well, what about $99.99? And he, I kind of, I kind of, he didn't find that funny, but, you know, <laughs> but he kind of said, hey, if you want, if you want these shoes, you have to pay half of it. Mm. So back to AmeriCorps, so that kind of that, that work ethic kind of and, and that lesson right there kind of taught me the value of a dollar, mm. you know, and kind of 
on up. And so that early stage, I didn't appreciate it then, but I appreciate it more now. And I talk about it in my book because, like I said, you know, a lot of times we don't really appreciate the value of the dollar until you really work and really have to, when it's your own money, you have to put into something, you know? Yeah. And so that um, really kind of moved me forward. And, and so, like I said, I worked with AmeriCorps. So after AmeriCorps, I went into, um, I was kind of doing training on the side, personal training. And then from, you know, I actually, I was engaged. I moved to Ohio. Okay. okay and I started working at a personal training facility here. Mm-hmm. You know? And so at the, at the personal training facility, I ended up upgraded to management. And then I was presented an opportunity of a lifetime and, it, and I was able to start my own business here. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And I think that's the inspirational story. Like I, when I was preparing for this conversation, I was looking at um, the superhero journey, right? And kind of just yeah. trying to leverage that as the foundation or the arc of our conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the more I dove into your background and the more I learned about you know, what you do in just the fitness 3K movement, uh, I was like, man, Shadeha is literally a superhero. Being able to connect, you know, the mind, body, and soul, like, yes, that's a superpower, cool. right? And and yeah. it, then being able to teach that to other people and awaken that into them is is powerful, man. So I uh, just want to give you some flowers while we're here, man. I appreciate that, man. That means a lot, you know, and that mind, body, and soul, it's, that's kind of what I preach. And that's what, the 3k movement is about and that's what it means you know, because it's something that we're all kind of possess and also the 3k is forward thinking thinking forward thinking ahead mm. you know next next millennia mm. you know Legacy. it's just yeah exactly yeah you know, cause, you know we have to continue to grow as people you know we have to continue to you know uh do something different i mean every day we have to learn something new and like i said when i was with that strength coach in college i tried to absorb everything like a sponge i wanted to learn more and to this day, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to uh, reinvent myself, do different things to enhance this business and enhance myself. Yeah, um, that's that's so important. I, I'm finding as I go grow through my career, and you know, for the audience that's listening to this, is reinventing yourself is just so important, um, and not necessarily becoming someone totally new, but just building upon, you know, your foundation and and keeping an open mind, like you said, forward thinking. But in right. order to move forward, you have to be willing to grow, right? And I also mm-hmm. think about, and I'm not a personal trainer, but I think about like the muscle, right? In order to build muscle, you have to tear it apart, right? Exactly. And, and, and that's how we have to look at ourselves, right? Like if we're able to grow, you know, it's going to be some challenges, some bumps in the road, but at the same time, we're trying to progress. And like you said, have that next millennium thinking, right? Exactly. So, yeah, man. Right. That's, that's, that's interesting. So let me plug this in while, while we're talking about it. Go uh, purchase his book on Amazon, Fitness 3K. Um, I'm going to link it to uh, this video so everyone can see that. But make sure you go purchase his book. Um, I'll just say this. I saw a number on there and it's about to sell out. So I'm going to make sure I buy my copy and, you know, the rest of y'all can fend for yourselves. Right. So, uh, (laughs) but yeah, hurry up and go get that. Right. Because that's that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some gems and some wisdom. Um, that people are going to take from this conversation that they can build on, you know, by reading the book, right? Mm-hmm. So, so you talk about moving to Ohio, and this is kind of how we got introduced. Um, so, it's my understanding that you know Steve Collins pretty well. Uh, right. Let me give some backstory on Steve. So, Steve's my SVP of sales. Um, okay. So he runs sales for Zant uh, AI, and um, you know, Steve's one of those guys that you know, he walks into the room and he lights everybody up. And, you, and even though we're on, we're remote right now, 
um, Steve's still that personality, big right. personality. Um, and he's the one that connected us too. So um, tell me about how you met Steve. Um, and then we're going to talk about just your, your, your journey in Ohio. So tell me about how you met Steve. Well, I was working at, uh, at the time, the gym was called Club Champions. Okay. Guy walks in like he was sort of lost. <laughs> <laughs> he was walking around and he said he was interested in um, becoming more fit and trying to, uh, you know, um, lose weight and for his family and just basically just overall his health. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to him. I was the manager at the time. And I said, well, we can work with you. We can put together a program for you. And I kind of signed up right up front. But from that moment, from that initial talk, we kind of connected instantly. It was like, you know, this guy is actually pretty cool and yeah. he's down to earth and he was funny. You yeah. know, he had me laughing the whole time, you know, yeah. I'm trying to sign the contract and trying to, he just had me rolling. I was just laughing. I was dying to laugh. I was crying. Yeah. You know, yeah. Funny. You know, yeah. telling jokes. And then, and then we connected because, you know, when I first moved to Ohio, I mean, I'm not a huge, I, I like the Bengals, you know, but, you know, coming from Louisiana, I was more of a Saints fan. Yeah. I know he's a huge Bengals fan, so we kind of mm-hmm. talked about that. And I think that year they might have played or something like that. And we kind of we, we might have uh, you know watched the game together or something like that. But instantly we kind of connected on sports. And I just said, hey, my goal is to help you get more fit. And I think he had lost like 15, 20 pounds too. Wow. Yeah. You know? and, and he invited me over to his house. I mean, like I said, he was a really nice guy down to earth, you know. And yeah. that's kind of the build and you know, in the in a personal training world, you build these relationships where, you know, you kind of you know, once you build a rapport with the people, they kind of, you know, they, they, they just embrace you with that. And you go to the house and, yeah. you know, so it was, uh, it was, we instantly, like I said, connected right away and uh, we still talk to this day. So. Yeah. So I, I had the opportunity to connect with Steve uh, at his house a couple of weeks ago and yeah. uh, I met his wife, Becky, and Becky was yeah. talking about how just uh, excited Steve was from working with you and just, she could just tell the 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 benefit of partnering with you on his fitness journey and right. uh you know that's so good to hear you talk about building that rapport and that relationship right. naturally steve's a relationship builder like that's one of his gifts right but yeah. to see uh your impact on him and how it impacts his family that's just beautiful you know and uh and, and just from this conversation i'm just learning a lot about just um not only reinventing yourself but also the key is relationships right right yeah exactly and one of the funny, I forgot this story, but the first time I trained Steve, you know, the first day he showed up, he said that when he went home, he was so tired that he took a shower with his clothes on. <laughs> that sounds like something he would say. Exactly. <laughs> he just like thinks of so much stuff that just like, how do you think about that? Like, <laughs> says that, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's funny, man. So, Tell me a little bit about your just journey um, into entrepreneurship. I know you said you had an opportunity of a lifetime. Let's get into that story. Let's get into that. Well, it's funny. It was an opportunity of a lifetime, but it kind of happened sort of by accident. Um, what happened was I, uh, like I said, I was managing this place. And, you know, in certain companies, you know, there started to become a little bit of turmoil and uh, under under the team, I mean, it, it just wasn't the same. You know, it, the relationships had, had changed. And part of it was um, they started up in the, uh, the personal training rates. Mm. You know? And the owner at the time was like, all right, well, we need to up the rate. And I was like, well, I don't think you should up the rates that much that quickly. I think, you know, it should be more of a gradual thing. You shouldn't do it that quickly. 
And mm-hmm. he basically said, well, this is the way it's going to be, you know, either you're with us or you're, or you're out basically. And there, there was a guy um, who, uh, who I was, well, let me back up. There was another trainer who was supposed to be there for appointment for it, um, for a guy there. And he, uh, he missed the appointment. Okay. I was on, I commuted about 20 minutes away from the gym. And so I get a phone call and I said, hey, um, Shadea, there's this guy here who's standing around without a trainer. Would you want to come back to uh, train this individual? And this guy's name was Joe Bitzer. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I just got home. I was ready. I wanted to eat lunch. Mm-hmm. And I felt bad that this guy was standing there by himself with no trainer. So I said, all right, does he have about 20 minutes? Because I have to turn around and drive right back. And he says, well, he doesn't have anything to do. And I said, all right, well, I'll drive back. I think I maybe grabbed a sandwich and rushed back. So anyway, that taking that chance and decided not to stay home and relax and going back changed the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Because that ended up being the guy that owns the building that I rent space from. You wow. know, wow. you know, he I know that's what I'm saying. It, it was it was like sometimes, you know, we say God works in mysterious ways, but I mean that to me that was just fate because something said, you know what, you need to turn around and make things right with this individual because if it was me, I'd want somebody to come back and work with me, with me you know? And like I said, he was just standing there. So wow. so anyway, I talked to this guy, built this relationship with this guy and uh, Joe Bitzer. And we ended up, I mean, we we're very close friends. I trained him there. I found out about his fitness goals. We became very close. And he told me this opportunity. He, knew, he could kind of sense that I wasn't really happy with the, with the way things were because there's so much tension in the gym. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, there's a chance we have a fitness center available at my, uh, at my company, mm-hmm. you know? And so when I came in and, and he said, you can stop by and take a look and tell me what you think. I, I stopped by and it was, it was pretty much an empty space, but I saw the possibilities, you know, it's like you walking in somewhere and you just had this vision and seeing so much more than what's there right there, because there, there was nothing, there was hardly any equipment in here, but I saw like, okay. And, and I talk about that in the book in detail, mm-hmm. but I just, all oh, the possibilities, I felt like, okay, I could really do this. I could really make something special in this room, you know? That's powerful. Yeah. That's and powerful. so, and so he was, the, he was the reason why I'm kind of, I mean, like I said, we all have mentors and that's what I talk about a great deal is mentorship, mm. but, I mean, which we all should have. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you talk about the importance of a mentor. Dig a little bit more into that. Like, what does a mentor mean to you? And and let me ask you this for my audience, those who are looking for mentors, what should they look for in a mentor? A mentor is somebody who's in a position who's very successful, but they sometimes see things in you that you don't see in yourself Mm. and they invest in you and a person you can kind of go to for advice, you know, because you can have positive mentorship you can have negative mentorship because the guy um, and the guy who I worked for at the other facility, um, because I wasn't willing to agree to, uh, you know, increase the rates on the clients, he fired me. So I felt that was, he was a mentor, but in a bad way, but he helped me know how I want to run my facility, you know, which, you know, kind of, so I felt like he was necessary you know, and plus I got a chance to see the way Joe Bitzer runs his company mm-hmm. and his son run their company and they're very successful. So you kind of get both sides, you know? And so I, I was fortunate, even though it was a, um, a bad experience. And I admit, I cried when I got fired. Nobody likes to get fired, but yeah. I, it made me stronger. It, it actually helped me. You know? Really? Wow. You know? 
That's interesting. And I, I know that that's going to help a lot of people that are listening to this young and old, because, right. you know, at no, at no age should we limit ourselves or think that we're better than having a mentor, right? Like we're, there's always, they, I heard this quote, the biggest, um, the largest room in the world is the room for improvement, right? right. So, you yeah. so, you know, we can all use mentors and that's, I think that's a gem that you just gave us. So let's talk a little bit more about um, just the business of personal training. Like how'd you learn how to number one, run a gym, I'm sure you learned uh, just how to build that rapport and how to train, right? You went through the exercises and, and you developed that skill. But like when it comes to marketing your business and finance, like right. how do you learn that part of the business? Well, honestly, I learned from, you know, my management, but also a lot of people say, well, how do you uh, run your personal training facility? Yeah, I do a lot of training and um, I work a lot of hours, but I feel like we said earlier, it's more about relationships, you know, mm -hmm. and that's how you're able to sustain your clientele, mm -hmm. you know, because you're in the business of relationships and then personal training second, Yeah, you know, because, you know, if I was like a, you know, LA fitness, not to diss those places or, um, you know, Planet Fitness, mm -hmm. you normally see a ton of people in those facilities because they have a totally different business model. You know, you get greeted at the front desk, but you kind of just go off on your own and do your own thing. And yeah. not really, a lot of times you see people who are lost, not really knowing what to do. Yeah. But in this industry, in the personal training industry, our goal is not only guide the individual, but to kind of take them under the wing and mentor them, like we've talked about, mm -hmm. and help them and help them reach their fitness goals. So it's a lot more personalized and the relationships are a lot more, uh, they have a lot more substance, you know. And so... Um, and back to what you said earlier, you know, it, it, I had to learn by doing things hands-on, you mm -hmm. know, I came up with a business plan to, um, of what I wanted to do, but you never really know how it's going to work out until you actually get into it and do it. You know, you could say, oh, I project to have this amount of money. I want to do this, this, and this, and you can kind of do all the things to be successful, but you never really know until you actually do it and sort of apply yourself. And then you have to kind of tweak things because most businesses fell in the first two or three years, you know, yeah. like 50% of, mm -hmm. so you never really know if you have a really good business model to actually execute and do what you have to do in order to, to. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Mike Tyson has this quote, uh, says everyone has a plan until they get hit in the <laughs> mouth. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've heard that. He's one of my favorite boxers. I actually talk about him a little bit in the book as well. Yeah. He's one of my yeah. favorite boxers. Yeah, man. Mike Tyson, he's one of the goats, right? Yeah. He's so, actually yeah. in a couple of weeks. Roy, he's, Roy, he's gonna fight in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, Roy Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, let me. I also saw when I was doing some research that you're boxing certified, or you have some type of boxing training. Can you speak yeah. on that for a second? Yeah, actually, a boxing coach, a certified boxing coach. Okay. Um, boxers. When I was in Louisiana, and I came out here, actually, where I live in Loveland, Ohio, I started the first boxing um, classes, and I was the first boxing gym. Wow. You know. I was, you know, so it, it, not to try to, not to brag on myself, but I just saw something, a need, you know, in a niche that wasn't here, you know, and I uh, decided just to implement, I said, you know what, why don't we add boxing mm -hmm. to uh, the classes? And now we have different boxing, you know, we have title boxing and other places, but yeah, I was one of the first people or owners to add boxing here. So yeah. there were uh, some kids that I've worked with um, through the years who've been bullied and I taught them how to box and they are like, you know, like, actually it's funny. One girl that I, I taught how to box, 
um, her, her mom and dad came to me and, and were like upset and like, Shadeha, you need to talk to uh, Haley. And I was like, what's going on? Haley's beating up all the boys at her school, you know? So, <laughs> wow, she, you um, took those classes and put them to work, right? Exactly. So I said, Haley, I said, first of all, you know, no boxing outside of class. You know, <laughs> we got to make sure, we, you know, so I had to kind of tell her, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. So you talk about um, just exercise and kind of just some of the life skills that come from it, right? Let's talk about the importance of exercise. And if you could kind of translate, you know, just some of the things like, you know, overcoming bullying, like you just did, or like, what are some of the real life practical practicality of exercising? Well, overall for, um, I'll start with mental health, because you mm -hmm. look at like pandemic right now, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, they say that uh, mental health, mental illness has gone up drastically. So we have to, uh, and one of the ways uh, people, you know, uh, they use exercise as a huge outlet, you know, you're burning calories, you know, it's overall good for your, just your well-being. Mm -hmm. So with everything going on, like I said, with the pandemic and stuff like that, people need an outlet. So whether it's strength training, whether it's cardiovascular, I mean, exercise, I mean, it has a ton of benefits, you know? I mean, yeah. so you're, and, and, and you're, and you're staying fit and you're improving your whole lifestyle. Yeah. That, that's, you know, some of the benefits of exercise. And so we have to continue to, um, you know, I mean, that's why I, I feel like it's imperative that somebody, I mean, you know, you uh, continue to at least walk or do something that will benefit your health. So. Yeah. So for somebody who's watching this video, young or old, let's start with an older generation um, or older folks, right? Um, we're all trapped in the house, right? What are some, some exercises they could do at home? Like, you know, could they go walk their neighborhood for 15 minutes? Is that enough? Like, where do people get started? Everybody has different fitness levels, mm. you know? And if the person is, let's say, if it's an older elderly person, because I work with a large um, spectrum of clients from young to old, I mean, 30, 45 minutes, you know, walking around the neighborhood is great. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's really good. Um, if you're at home and you can't go outside and it's raining, you can do some bridges where you're laying on your back, bring your hips up and down, kind of activate your core muscle groups um, or walking around the house, mm. you know, but just try to do anything but stay sedentary. I mean, you don't want to be sedentary where you're sitting in a chair for long periods of time they say if you sit in the chair for eight hours that's like smoking a couple packs of cigarettes a day <laughs> well uh you just i feel like i'm hit right now <laughs> but not a pack of cigarettes but um <laughs> but um but yeah man i appreciate that i think that's going to be something that impacts a lot of people you know listening to this just you know get active and get moving right um, especially for those who work, you know, corporate jobs where we, yeah. you know, we do sit in front of the, the, the computer for eight hours a day, but, you know, activating ourselves is where we can really make a change and make a difference. So um, let me, let me ask you a little bit more about um, your book, right? So yeah. we talked about just connecting the mind, body and soul, right? And how that's kind of your superpower, you know, connecting that, but then also teaching that to, you know, people that will listen, right? Tell me a little bit more about what to expect in your book. Okay, well, you'll learn a little more about me, you know, mm -hmm. what's on the surface. You know, a, a lot of clients, after reading my book, were like, wow, I didn't know that about your family. Like, they learned about my family and my upbringing. You know, mm -hmm. we talked about work ethic earlier. So they learned about how I developed my work ethic, because I work a lot of hours here. I started mm -hmm. at like 5 a.m., and I sometimes work till 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, 
But, you know, a lot of that is just clients back to back. I have sometimes have a break during the day where I can grab lunch. But, you know, I'm, I, you, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to put a lot of hours in. Yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, in the book, it's just self-development. I mean, you, you learn about yourself. And um, one of my favorite quotes uh, by uh, Martin Luther King is uh, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he lies in comfort and, and um, you know, and, and convenience, but where he lies, you know, in discomfort and challenge and controversy, you know. So I'll, I kind of think about that quote and think about how, you know, throughout my journey and some of the roadblocks and and the pitfalls that I've kind of had to go through along the way and how I kind of learned from them, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's kind of what I talk about in the book. Like, I've, you know, you talked about um, how I market myself. Well, I've tried different you know, uh, strategies and some of them didn't work. You know, I spent yeah. a lot of money I didn't, that I yeah. shouldn't have, but I learned from it, you know, so I'm kind of glad I did it because I learned that, hey, networking is better than anything. You know, networking is sometimes as good as money or sometimes better than money because, you know, when you shake somebody's hand and learn from the other person, it might lead into something bigger. So, yeah. so you talk about networking and I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. Um, yeah. How did you network pre-COVID? And then how do you network after we're in this COVID environment. I know that you're, one of the things that, that strikes me that's interesting about you is we connected on LinkedIn, right? Like, and you're active on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, like, how do you network, like as a personal trainer, as an entrepreneur, right? Business well, well, before, you know, pre-COVID, I would go to a lot of clients' houses when they have events. Okay. I would meet them there, even if I didn't want to go <laughs> and talk yeah. to people and make small talk. I still went because I knew that if there were like 50 people in the room, if I get like one or two potential clients, mm -hmm. it was worth it to me, you know, yeah. because like I said, that networking, just that one person can bring in five or 10 more clients, Yeah, you know, go to different events, go to, you know, I have fundraisers. You know, one of the things I do is uh, for breast cancer is um, a punch for pink. We've raised probably close to eight or $9,000. Wow. And so I've had people bring their friends and that's another network form of networking because they know somebody's maybe been affected by breast cancer or some mm -hmm. form of cancer, and then they come in and they start training. So that's another way I've been able to network. Plus, I have trainers here, and they bring in clients, and so mm -hmm. they, on, so, you know, and so on and so on. So yeah, yeah. So let's talk about networking post COVID. Like, how do you do it now remotely? Well, um, I still uh, some of the clients that I've had for years they still have been very loyal to me and they still bring friends in and they still continue to uh, market. Sometimes I don't have to really do any marketing. I have other people market for me, which is, I'm very blessed. Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Exactly. Word of mouth. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we're coming up on time. I, I, let me, let me ask you just a couple more um, questions that I think will be helpful for the audience listening to this. So um, one of our goals is to become the number one business podcast for young people, right? What would yeah. be some advice that you would give young people that are just looking to progress in their lives, whether it be fitness or whether it be business or career? Um, and then for those who are looking to go into entrepreneurship, if you can give them any advice, what would you say as a 13 year business owner? One of the things I would do is don't be scared to take risks. You have to follow your dreams and your passion. Mm -hmm. The reason why a lot of people do not, you know, take risks or do and because they like like we talked about Martin Luther King's quote, mm -hmm. being comfortable and being in a position where they don't have to worry about the, you know, having to deal with obstacles, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, 
I would say follow your passion and don't be afraid to take risks. And when you do, if you decide to become an entrepreneur, like we said earlier, you have to network. Yeah. I mean, networking is invaluable. You have to do that. It's, I mean, it's, it's imperative. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So in, in light, in, in this, being an entrepreneur, it, it's a grind, yeah. you know, and it'll pay off. I mean, it, it's rough in the beginning, but you know, you have to continue to follow that path and continue to, uh, persevere you know persevering huge in uh being an entrepreneur yeah and that's the only way you can survive because like i said you don't want to be that statistic of the business owner that failed you know you want to be on the other end where you've been able to say you know what i decided to take a risk and i pushed through it and i'm 12 13 years in now you know and i'm still learning exactly and take chances exactly Yeah. yeah so let me ask you about um you know just passion should you as an entrepreneur or as a young person or older person that's looking to break into entrepreneurship does your business have to be a passion or do you feel like you know you could still be sustainable or it can still be sustainable and you can have that mindset of perseverance even though it might not be a passion of yours i think you could but you want to enjoy what you're doing yeah you know you want to be able to appreciate what you've done and where you've come from you know where are you going you know you can anybody can just work a job. I mean, you can yeah. work at McDonald's and, you know, and still, you know, I mean, if there's people who work at McDonald's and appreciate it, like, you know what, I, I enjoy, you know, uh, working these fries or whatever, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's something that you have to be, I, I think passion goes a long way and it helps you sustain what you're doing. I think it helps with your mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps with you uh, giving you direction and kind of knowing where you want to go. You know, Absolutely. because some of us just work just to work, you know, which when I was at the other facility, the environment wasn't the way I wanted it, you know. And so I felt like I was just kind of going in just to work and and my clients could sense it, too, because you can sense that work environment when things aren't right. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's tension, you know, where it's not like, you know, there isn't that uh, that that bliss that there isn't that. Uh, that, that work environment where everybody's kind of working together with the same be successful, you know? So Absolutely. I think, yeah. so yeah. So I think that it's good to have passion about what you're doing, you know, and yeah, you could work without having the passion, but I think that it'll be a lot tougher because you want to have that direction. You want to kind of know where you're going and you want to kind of have that, um, you know, that mindset. Okay. You know, I'm passionate about this. And what I want to do next is I want to achieve this next goal, Hmm. you know? So just like I said, it gives you a different mindset. Absolutely. So with that being said, man, I think we've covered enough for people to say, Hey, I want to go buy that fitness 3k book. Right. And I want to learn, I want to be a part of the 3k movement. So tell me, so tell me, tell the audience where they can follow up with you and find you. Are you on social media? Um, Just give them all the information. Well, um, you can purchase the book on Amazon and there are a few other uh, links you can go to as well, but, or you just Google the 3k movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I am on social media as well. Um, you can look me up should they have Warner or, uh, fitness 3k on Facebook and I'm on, um, Instagram as well. And it's my fitness. Yeah. I think it's my fitness. Yeah. At, <laughs> yeah. My fitness at fitness 3k. I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome, man. Shadeha, man, this has been a true honor. 
And uh, I know that the audience is going to benefit from this conversation. So I want to say thank you for just sharing your information, sharing your knowledge. But then also want to say thank you for the work that you're doing as well, man. You're, you're like I said, you're a true super superhero. And uh, I want to make sure that I say thank you. Well, I appreciate you interviewing me, man. I mean, I think what you're doing is huge. And yeah. you're, I mean, this movement that you're part of right now, I feel like you're now part of the 3K movement and Absolutely. you're doing something big. And you're helping promote other people, which is, which is good. And we need more people like you to do what you're doing right now. So I appreciate you. I feel honored that you would interview me for this. So, I mean, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. So with that being said, we're wrapping up episode five of the Take Chances podcast. Make sure you go follow Shadeha, get that book, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take chances. Thanks, guys.